This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Hello ladies and gents and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host Chris Simpson and joining me as always is Cara Thistlethwaite. Hello. And breaking news listeners, Newcastle have won a game, they have won a football match. I mean... For the first time since May, Newcastle United have won a football match. Who would have thought it? Who, who, would, who could have predicted... This massive change of fate. I mean, that clearly means they're going to be in the top four of the season, right? Oh, nailed on. Yeah, top four. Unstoppable now. Yeah, Champions League coming up. Yep. In our, in our last, as of our last game, we have a 100% win record. <laughs> I mean, I mean... Clean sheet goal from Callum Wilson. I mean, we saw the Newcastle against Norwich match and it was... I mean... <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was a match. If you've somehow missed this, listeners, <laughs> this is Newcastle. As we spoke last week, there was the game with Norwich and then the game with Burnley, both at St James's Park. One all draw against Norwich, and then a much much needed one nil win over Burnley on Saturday. I don't think I've ever seen a team so excited to drag themselves through a one nil match. I mean, I'm not saying Newcastle didn't play badly, but it. They didn't make it easy for themselves later on in the match, and we'll get to it. But I have never seen the same excitement in the Premier League 16 games in. Well, well that's that's the thing, though. You know, it's, it's, it's not a game, you know, beating Burnley at home isn't a game that normally you should be celebrating with such vigour. But, oh, <laughs> but anyway. When you've had the season we've had, or the start of the season we've had, honestly, it such a sort of cathartic release and I mean I have to say listeners it was tense in this household for that 90 oh, minutes and it especially so in the second half but look Newcastle at the end of the day Newcastle got over the line yeah I mean four I- points from those two games I was really really hoping we could get six and we'll deal with the moment uh, the reasons why we didn't get six in a moment but just to focus First and foremost, on that victory, <laughs> just, good news we've got. <laughs> just ab- absolutely palpable relief. And with other results uh, largely going our way, Newcastle are now only, I say only, <laughs> with three points from safety uh, ahead of Watford, who are 17th. We're off the bottom of the table now. Uh, we're above Norwich on goal difference. Norwich also Norwich have have now overtaken us again in the worst defence in the league stakes. So that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, look, a, a win in a clean sheet is. I mean, it, we, we've discussed obviously just how crucial that was for Newcastle's survival bid. Just, I mean, mathematically more than anything else. But also, how much of a confidence boost that can be for the team now. Yes. However, we, as you repeatedly said, 
over Christmas, Newcastle are going to be hard pressed to get to get points, and that's not just Newcastle. I think any team with those upcoming games will be hard pressed to get a point. Now, I have no, and again, we'll talk about this later. I have no doubt that you'll probably get some points against Leicester because we've been trash <laughs> and hemorrhaging goals. So I'm not actually looking forward to that match. Right, but <laughs> but um, it, it hangs on a lot. Really, um, I've just, I've just, sorry, I've just noticed what you've written in in, in that uh, list about what happened against Norwich, and, <laughs> and, and we'll, just in capital letters, listeners, it's fuck clear and Clark, um, and we'll get onto it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was the Burnley game. It, obviously, we couldn't watch it on Teddy, I mean, unless you do an illegal stream, which we actually didn't do because I was putting up the Christmas tree. Anyway, we did um, follow it on on uh, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, Soccer Saturday. That was it. I lost what it was. And we did um, and then watch the highlights. It did seem a pretty end-to-end game, actually. Callum Wilson obviously did well again. Jolington's played very well. Actually, Um, yeah, I I want to give a big shout-out to Jolington, I have to say. He really has been a player transformed since Eddie Howe took charge. His work rate, obviously... Just the one goal from him since Eddie, Eddie Howe took charge, but and, and hopefully, obviously, that's something that we'll see more of. Fingers crossed in the remainder of the season because we are going to need other players to chip in up front. But just the, the work rate, the positivity, and 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 and, and he, he's sort of exemplary for, for throughout of, of the change that we've seen throughout the team. Just that that intensity, the positivity. I'm not going to get carried away. As you've said, we've still got some very difficult fixtures coming up. We've still got a hell of a long way to go. There's absolutely no getting away from that. But the atmosphere in in the dressing room, the togetherness with the fans as well, and and, and the atmosphere at St. James's Park, I think it's as positive as, as it's been since Rafa Benitez was in charge and arguably in some ways uh, has even eclipsed the heights that it reached under Rafa because of the the optimism that we can actually have going forward. Mm. It's it's a huge, huge positive. As I say, we, we need to channel that into getting more points on the board. There's no getting away from that. But I'm a lot more confident now than... I ever would have been under Steve Bruce, not to just constantly drag everything back to Steve Bruce. You know, he's gone, but just to, we, even when we were playing well under Steve Bruce, we, we never had that real optimism. And again, look, a long way to go. We've, we've still only won one game almost halfway through the season. That's still pretty awful. There's still a huge amount of work ahead and the next few weeks and the next couple of months both on the pitch and off it in terms of the transfer market, are going to be absolutely vital. But we've given ourselves a shot now. I mean, to now uh, sort of end with the positive chat, I think it is such a shame that we couldn't get six points on the board over these two games, both as a further blow to Norwich and, of course, to bump us up closer to safety as well. And as you alluded to before, we have Kieran Clark to thank for that. I'm not going to spend too long on it because, because he's I'm so happy after that win. It was very full of expletives. I mean, more than just the one that we've got here. I mean, it was 
just a pointless foul. It was brain dead. It was, and, and then it just led to an extraordinarily boring match where Norwich were ineffectually trying to score. And, and I think trying is is generous to be honest. It was Newcastle weren't that much better either. It just seemed like a really. I think with ten men, we actually played very well. No, I now think... that is in part because Norwich was so poor. Because honestly, eighty-one minutes. Yeah, sure, you don't have to rush it necessarily, but they showed no urgency when what they should have been doing was standing on our throat and going for the kill. Because that was that would have been a huge result for them if they could have beaten us, and we did our best to hand it to them with Clark's stupid red card nine minutes in, which was completely pointless. Because I mean, a to be honest, at that point you'd, you'd take the goal, and b I mean, no disrespect to Timu Puki, he's actually not had a bad season, and he's clearly Norwich's biggest goal threat, but he's still Timu Puki. There was hardly a guarantee that he was going to score from where he was. He was still thirty yards out. He still had to beat Dubravka. You see what I mean? Clearly not a lot to say. Um, <laughs> but I actually thought Newcastle, considering what happened then, the way the team rallied and worked and fought, I think they played very well. And actually, I think they deserved to win. As much also, as I said, because I thought Norwich actually were extremely poor. They did not even try to take advantage of the situation that was literally gifted to them. No, and I think I think that's what led to it being a boring match. Obviously, it doesn't matter. Well, obviously it does, but in in a way, Newcastle playing very well with ten men, it's always going to be a little bit lackluster because you've got ten men. Jolington had to move back. Fraser got taken off to be replaced with the defender, and that was such a shame because I think it was actually poised to be a pretty entertaining game because I think we were absolutely going to go for it, hell for leather. I was yeah. really looking forward to seeing Jolington play up front. You had the legs. Having Ryan Fraser um, giving them the service. I was all ready for that and actually to have been a really good entertaining game. And that was such a shame then that it became the slog that it had to become uh, because I, of what happened. Uh, I think that's what made it worse. Because like, within the first couple of minutes, it showed the potential Fraser doing sprints up and down the side, Jolington being in the middle and being really good at holding up the ball, getting into some excellent positions. And that lasted for all of five minutes. <laughs> And then I was like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think that, that really took the wind out of everybody's sails. And obviously, yeah, you're right. I'm not saying Newcastle didn't play badly. I'm just saying it wasn't – for a neutral, it wasn't necessarily the most entertaining of matches. No, of course not. As I say, I think it could have been. And that was def- – that was any real, I think, hope of that was killed off <laughs> 10 minutes in. Um, and, again, I know I've also had a – not intentionally, but a little bit of a dig at Team Puka there. That, to be fair, that was a great finish. I'm not sure Norwich really deserved to have scored, but it was a fantastic finish that got them the one-all draw. But that's the type of luck and, you know, just having having a pop at anything can happen at that final stage of the game. you just kind of got to do it. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles, really. Um, but yeah, I think against 10 men, probably should have done a lot better. Yeah, uh, yeah, they should have, and I think I think Norwich will really regret not going for it when they had the chance in that match, because you you look at them in the table. I said we're now ahead of them again. Basically, their defence is as bad as ours, but their attack is significantly worse. We actually do have a reasonable collection of attackers. We've got no depth beyond them. If any of them get injured, and hopefully that'll change in January. 
But at least we do have a bit of quality with your Callum Wilsons, your Sam Maximans, and so on. But Norwich have got no one but Pookie, and Pookie is all right, and that's kind of it. They've only scored, I think, seven goals. I feel it's a bit Pookie-bashy. I feel kind of bad. No, honestly, Pookie's <laughs> one of their only half-decent players, but I'm just saying <laughs> they've only got, I think, seven goals this season, possibly eight, in, in 15 matches. Compared to us, we've got 17, which isn't an amazing record, but it's not bad. I mean, it's not bad compared That's, to where we were last season, to be fair. So, you know what I mean? Mm. I, we've, we've got a terrible defence, but we've got an all-right attack. Norwich have just got terrible defence and they can't, they've got barely any threat going forward. So I think they're really going to regret not uh, not doing that. But again, that's good for us. It's just a shame that we couldn't hold on for the three points. But look, four points from those two games, six would have been amazing, but four was still can't pretty. Sniffed up. It's a solid return considering the form that we've entered those games in. And yeah, enormous positives. How long that lasts, we'll see in the in the weeks going forward because of the tough fixtures we've got. But we've at least got a smidge of momentum now. We've got that positivity. Don't get me wrong, all the fans are obviously behind Eddie Howe and I don't think that would have changed if Newcastle hadn't beaten Burnley on Saturday. But that really could have a transformative effect on the atmosphere, both in the dressing room and in the stadium. I just hope it can survive, and I'm not counting Leicester in this before you go there, <laughs> but I really hope that can survive over the battering that you're inevitably going to get over the Christmas period. Liverpool and Man City. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and possibly a renewed Man United who might have improved under Ralph Rangnick. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just to move on to Leicester against Newcastle. Oh I mean, no, what... you said Leicester aren't great. Leicester have been shit. I, I mean, yes, I was, shit. I, was, I was being kind in the running order there. <laughs> but yeah, Leicester, you, you've not, not really been in very good form. No, no, we've not, we've not pushed. We've not um, put any pressure on the ball. We've not been attacking. We've not been passing very quickly or accurately. And our defence has been shocking. <laughs> so all in all, we deserve <laughs> to be in the bottom half, right at the bottom. Maybe not in the relegation zone because Norwich, but not far off. Yeah, I mean... And I'm just mad about it. And I know we're going to lose. And I'm really fucking pissed off <laughs> about the fact we're going to lose. And I know now you're going to have to put an explicit warning on, but you did right fuck in the running order yourself. So I'm just <laughs> going all for it. So we're going to be fuckity, fuckity, fuck, fuck. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, to put Leicester's form into some perspective, only two wins in their last eight games, very inconsistent week to week. I mean, I, you, you alluded to the Foxes' struggles at the back this season. No clean sheet since the first game of the season back in August against Wolves. I'm well aware here. You know, it's it. I think there could be goals on both sides in this match. We know that Newcastle... Yes, obviously, we've now got that clean sheet, which is massive, but... I mean, to be fair, we're still... We re- don't really have Ricardo. We don't have James Justin. And we don't have... I've even forgotten his name. Wesley Fafana. Well, well, he's the biggest miss, and I think... Yeah, James Justin was a big miss as well. I know he came in yeah. as a replacement, but he became a proper staple. And uh, and we've got Thomas. Thomas is very good, don't get me wrong, but he's not a James Justin. And Ricardo, but where is he? Ricardo Pereira, where is he? He's been awesome. And we'll have Castagna in that position at the moment, who's also played very well, don't get me wrong. Yeah, well, I think that's... I mean, look, at the end of the day, ultimately... 
West and Sun Yun still... can go and jog on at the moment. <laughs> Jesus Christ, just clear it. <laughs> Leicester should be doing much better defensively than they currently are, but it is worth remembering the players that they are missing. I mean, Fafana especially, and as I said, Ricardo Pereira, one of the best right-backs in the league. That obviously has had a huge impact on Leicester's ability to defend this season. They should still be better organised and it is a surprise considering you've got a coach of Brendan Rodgers' quality in charge. Well, it doesn't help that Evans has been in and out all season because he's been the calm head. Like, as good as Soyuncu was last season, he hasn't he's been, been poor for quite a while. He's been poor for a while and, and he doesn't have a calm enough head on him to organise anyone for shit. What will hopefully play into Newcastle's hands is that we will be coming into this game a little bit fresher than you. Leicester, of course, have got their big trip to Napoli on Thursday in the Europa League. A very important game if they want to actually stay in Europe for the rest of the season. So, I mean, obviously, it's somewhat clutching at straws, but we've got to, because it's an important game, I think you'll be you'll be playing most of your first team. So yeah, the hope for Newcastle has got to be that we are fresher, we're a bit more at it than you on come come next Sunday. And I mean, also what what is nice to read, uh, just revisiting Newcastle's record against Leicester, uh, is remembering, of course, that we did actually win four two at the King Power when the, the two teams last met back in May. However, it is also worth noting... Yeah, when was the last time you were after that, before that? Well, I'm getting to that. Mm-hmm. When was it? I, I'm literally getting to that. <laughs> well, hurry up, get to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth noting that while Newcastle might have won in our last trip to the King Power, our record against Leicester is pretty bad. Not quite Arsenal bad. Again, you said it's pretty every bad. every team Newcastle play. You need to stop doing this. <laughs> Let's be honest, three years ago is not the same... And now, so well, just, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. Look, just to put it in perspective, Newcastle have played Leicester fourteen times since Leicester got promoted back into the Premier League in twenty fourteen. Of those fourteen, we've won four and we've lost the other ten. There hasn't been a single draw. Obviously, so Newcastle put, you, put your money Newcastle on a draw. Do the middle ground. <laughs> they either lose or they win. Put, put your money on a draw this weekend, listeners. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not great. Hopefully, well, I was going to say hopefully we've sort of ended that hoodie. We've not really, but it's at least worth remembering that we did get a win there at the back end of last season. Though, of course, that was somewhat in the midst of a Leicester collapse and Newcastle had a lot more momentum going in. But there's positive signs for Newcastle and there's there's some worrying signs for Leicester. So, yeah, I don't see this of, of this Christmas now. run, until we play Everton... In the final game of 2021, this is so the game that I'm most confident that we at least could pick up a point. I can easily see this being... Or maybe three in. I can see this being 2-2 two, two or 3-2, three, two, and that 3-2 two, two could swing either way. I think, yeah, I think there could easily be goals on both sides. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a draw at all. And look, I mean, yeah, obviously Leicester haven't been in great form. A draw away at the King Powers for most teams isn't bad. Obviously, we need to be piling wins on the board, ideally. But it, it it's not bad. But again, we've not played it yet. We don't know. We might get pumped 3-0. Uh, 
<laughs> and Leicester might get all their confidence back. We'll, we'll see next week, listeners. In the meantime, though, if you could please give the podcast a like and subscribe and leave us a positive review, that would be absolutely fantastic. Until next time, this has been Magpies Unrestricted, and I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thanks, Cara. No problem. And thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye. Oh, and one more for good luck. Fuck. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.